I was just looking at, it talks about, um, you're recording all right. Yeah, I did. I just decided to play just, press record. Just hit play. Awesome. I, you started laughing, so I thought it would be more entertaining. <laughs> we entered it with a laugh. Awesome. So. Welcome, Welcome. to Embracing the Wild. We're apparently embracing the wild right this second with no plan. And I'm Abby Pagood. I almost said I was Audra Watley. <laughs> <laughs> Who because, are you? That's because we share a brain and she was in my head. Or maybe I was in hers. <laughs> One in the same, yeah? No. Same brain, different people. Um, <laughs> I'm Abby Pagood. And this is... Audra Watley. <laughs> and this is... Embracing, Embracing the Wild. wild. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did we figure out a subject to discuss today? I don't know. But I was almost going to talk about, I was talking about when you like hit play or record, um, this book that I was looking at earlier and it was talking about how, um, so we were talking about the time of like when we should do this and versus whatever. <laughs> so it was talking about the um, chronotypes or basically the how we have, we all have our, our clocks, right? And some people are night people, some people are morning people, and some people are really just like middle of the day kind of people. Which I'm well, all over the place people. Right. <laughs> Which you, obviously. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't do humans before 10 a.m. <laughs> oh, so that's why you were like, we should not do this until, we should say, do this at 10 o'clock. And I start noon. shutting down around this time because yeah. I'm like already toast and I'm like, no more people. No more people. No more, I need no quiet. Yeah. I need quiet. Um, anyway, it, it, um, there's like a little quiz. I'll have to look it up, but there's like a little quiz that you can take and it tells you which animal and it gives you the characteristics of the animal and tells you when you should do certain things throughout the day to be the most productive. It was really cool. Can you switch to be a different animal they, or they, is it like you identify as one animal? Um, so I, I like in the morning you wake up a tiger and then at night you're like a seal. Like, like, no, so as you age, it's like you can naturally, it's time for a bath, it's time for a bath and a bed. Um, uh, I said as you age that people naturally change. So where you may be a wolf or a dolphin early on that, you know, middle-aged, you may go to being a bear, and then later on, you may be a hummingbird or something. I don't know. You could but even it assess It is actually your, really cool. You could even <laughs> assess yourself, like, every year, technically, right. and see if your personality traits have changed over time, because so many... Like, one of the things I find most fascinating with this life, physical life experience is that when you actually are going through it, you're, not only do we have our decade shifts and we change through phases during different times of our life, and like obviously our experiences morph us into something else, but it's also kind of interesting on how we have so much of, you know, we release certain triggers or we, lose, we finally release certain behavioral patterns that are no longer serving us that used to, you know, keep us together or keep us organized or keep, you know, it had its purpose at its time. And then next thing you know, 10, 20 years later, you know, you're an, almost a different person. Like, your personality might be kind of similar, you know, your thinking process, things of that nature, but at the same time, you go through all these different phases. So it makes sense to, say, like, every year, kind of reassess. And what I find even the coolest thing ever is it doesn't matter how long your life is, you can have a massive transformation in such a short period of time. And we're talking, like, the snap of a finger. So it's like when you really decide to harness something that's going on with you and really like 
put all of your energy into meditating and putting all of your energy into kind of figuring out that dynamic, it's like healing does not take that much time. It really just takes the energy, the focus, the drive, the intent to clear, purify, and rid yourself. And then even just reflecting over what you healed yourself for. And then it's like almost all of a sudden, you know, I don't know how many times I've come out of like an energy healing session and I, you know, it's almost, I was immediately transformed within that hour. And so it's like one hour times 24 times 365 days. That's a lot of freaking hours, man. You could totally do a lot of transformation like our dogs outside that are turning into wolves right now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she's like, ah, let's play. Yeah, um, she woke up a tiger. <laughs> she did. She thinks she's a tiger. Rah, rah, rah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like a quantum shift, which, you know, a quantum shift is basically a shift in our energetic field that is a healing... <laughs> yeah, that, that, that creates those healing moments. It literally can be a blink of an eye. It doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be days or whatever it is. It literally can happen with the shift of a mindset or the, I mean, just an aha moment. We've all heard mm-hmm. of aha moments, right? Um, you know, just that, like, bam. Yeah, the epiphany. And, and it's not like a conscious change of mind, although sometimes it can be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a paradigm shift. Do you think that sometimes, do you, like, because I sometimes I even wonder what was the influential factor that created that epiphany in the first place? Because sometimes I'm not even really sure if it was something like, you know, my subconscious finally figured out and then just released it, or if it was something that, like, my spirit guides was, like, finally, like, hello, idiot, pay attention. Aha, <laughs> finally, good job, Abby. Yeah, finally figured it out. We've been <laughs> chanting it at you for 20 freaking years. You know, like, you just, sometimes it makes me wonder where it comes from. And I think what's really interesting is when I think of different people, they can have different frequencies. They have, you know, like, when you are dealing with different things like you know your identity the soul essence of who you are you know even though we're in these physical bodies you know each of us know each other for like who we are as a person you know what we are going through all of these things and what I find really interesting is it's like there's so much going on there's so many different frequencies there's channeling there's pickup it's spirit guides it's other people it's even like different variations or versions of yourself you know, there's so many different things. I'm going to say it's just collective consciousness. You think right? so? Yeah. I mean, and, and too, it's like, you know, when the, it's like when you're ready, the teacher presents themselves or whatever right. that, that phrase is. Um, I think, I think too, it's like when your energy gets in alignment with what it is that you say that you actually want, then shift happens. Okay. Yeah, I think. So, for those of you that were curious about what the heck I was talking about earlier, is the book called The Power of When, and if you go... Wait, you mentioned this one before. No, I haven't. To me. That was The Power of Now. Oh, crap. (laughs) Don't get confused. (laughs) When, now, who, what, where. That's right. So, this is The Power of When, and if you go to thepowerofwhenquiz.com, you can take that little quiz and it'll pop it up. It's not nearly as comprehensive as the book. But it's still actually really kind of a cool. I would like to be a frog. With. I think. I don't know that they have frogs. There's only like I don't remember how many types are on there, but I really just yeah. would like to have the jumping height. I think that there's only four primaries, but they had some others that they listed. Okay. Like, so it's not like the Chinese like 
12. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not, a, it's not a horoscope. It's a it's a chronotype. What were you in the Chinese and, and zodiac? Really, in the Chinese zodiac, I'm a tiger. Oh, ha, ha Look, you are a tiger. Rawr. <laughs> I was a rat. Yeah. My brother's a rat, too. Yeah. I'm not really <laughs> fond of that one. I'd rather be a monkey. <laughs> I think my personality matches a monkey a lot better. I don't know. And I can do the sounds really well. <laughs> Tigers don't get along with monkeys. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's one of my many gifts. <laughs> They're like, what sound does a rat actually make? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's some like nose movement with a little bit of. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I might be a freaking rat, man. Uh. Well, I think I think one of the things that I thought was really interesting is, um, you know, you have a scare today, and that was with your niece, and it actually kind of made me, like, I remember I was texting you, was like, oh yeah, hey, I'm doing XYZ really quick, and then blah, 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 and when you messaged me, you're like, hold on, I'm on the phone with my mom, like, my my niece got bit by a copperhead and I was like, holy shit. And then I was like, maybe we should talk about the unexpected. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and how to like handle it because I mean, I don't know about you, but yesterday my kids were batshit fucking crazy. Like all of a sudden they were just the biggest assholes. And I was just like, I love these guys. What the hell is wrong with you? And then I just looked at Leo and I'm like, I'm sorry your brother is acting like a dick, but I am working on it. <laughs> and, and, and it was, and it was just like, and the thing is, is it wasn't really necessary. It's not, it wasn't him. He wasn't acting like himself. It was almost like he was like a version of slightly being possessed. And like, I mean, he was picking up all these traits, you know, like, okay, I get it. Give him sugar. I didn't. And that's the thing is it was Friday. So it was like, okay, normally he doesn't, he's not exposed to sugar, but it's like, it's a combination of the fact that, okay, he's got his little summer, his, you know, three day summer camp that he does that are the really long hours. He's, he's now acclimated to getting used to Tuesdays. Wednesdays are a stretch because then he's going to Hawaiian Falls. He's exhausted by the end of the day. So then of course, if you don't get him in before nine, he's going to have a freaking meltdown. Then you've got the next day where there's more laid back, but at the same time, it's still like nine to four. He slept in till freaking 10. And I let him and dropped him off. So I was like, okay, at least maybe we'll avoid a meltdown. But then come Friday, he's like, you know, using, you know, he's like, it's not bargaining. It's like threatening. Well, if you're going to do this, then I'm going to do that. And he's doing it not just with me, but with grandma. He's doing it with his sissy and he's doing all these things. But what was really interesting is that when I came down to it, I kind of, like, you go in, and as a parent, you get, like, caught in the moment. You're frustrated, and you're angered, and whatever. And I finally just said, you know what? Everybody needs to separate. I told my daughter she needed to stay in one direction. I told my son that he needed to go up to my room and sit down in the chair. And then I separated grandma. Like, had my conversation with grandma because she wasn't technically helping the situation. And it separated everybody. And then I went and dealt with each person at a time. Even though I was like totally in the moment of hot-headedness and whatever, I still like somehow was able to like not allow that frustration and anger and impatience to take over and just become a screaming mess and be like, everybody shut up! Like it wasn't like that. I actually was like, you here, you here, you go! Like, <laughs> and so then, and of course, you know, Kai would go up and be like, Wah! and I finally got him 
into the chair and I just finally looked over and go, how do we treat people that we love? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, okay, do we yell at them? No. Do we hit them? No. Do we threaten them? No. Do we hug them? Yeah. Do we support them? Yeah. Do we give room for them so that they have space when they need it? Yeah. Okay. Are you doing any of those things right now? No. So why would you think anyone would do the same for you? Like, and so we kind of, and we broke it down into a simplicity. And as I did that, it kind of returned him back to his norm. But then at the end of it, it wasn't about that. Is it like the moment when he's going crazy? It was like, I could tell that he was picking up on very scattered, prickly, chaotic energy of the world right now. Because this week was a really big week where I think the best way you can describe it is like if you were watching kind of like a huge windstorm and you've got like all these things backfiring back and forth, right? You've got, it's like kind of like your classic uh, Dorothy, Wizard of Oz moment, right? Where it's kind of like the tornado, and but the windstorm. So the windstorm's throwing the furniture and it's throwing all the like mail across and paper and everything and everybody's in it. And I feel like... I'm kind of sitting on the sidelines, kind of watching, like, the, you know, here's this windstorm that's not even, like, an inch or two away, but I'm just, like, watching all this chaos, and I'm like, holy shit balls, that's insane, and then you kind of go close, and you're like, nope, I think I'm just going to take the long route around the chaos, and I think that's kind of, like, what's going on is we've got so much chaotic, crazy energy that even the most unexpected occurrences are happening, like your niece, just boom, out of nowhere. Like, what are the random, like, it's completely random. But it's also that opportunity for us to be able to say, are we going to get sucked into the vortex of the crazy windstorm? Or are we going to be aware of it? Know where, where we stand and saying, okay, I can't. Because I, sometimes I've witnessed, you know, friends or family members that, you know, they someone's going through their shit storm and then they want to jump in so they'll put their hand in. But then the only way they're going to get out of it is if they're anchored in or have a chain effect of other people because they're going to bring everybody else with them. And it's like it's kind of that conscious awareness of us needing to say, hey, let's take a step back. Okay. We'll send good energy to help calm the storm, but other than that, I'm going to stay right freaking here because I'm not going to be dragged into all that. And that's what I kind of feel like what's been going on. I mean, how was your week? That was my week. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I try to avoid the chaos of the world, but then, you know, I get on Instagram or something like that and you're bombarded by the posts of like, you know, what's happening, happening politically. Um, even if you try to avoid it, right? <laughs> it's just there. And so seeing that has been... Where people randomly blurt it out. Right. And they can't not talk about anything else because it's so bothering them. It's like on the surface, so they're just like word vomit. Right. And, and, and there's, I mean, all we can do is vote for whatever when that time comes and it's not even that time. You know, so it's, it's like you can't even do anything about any of it, but it's such a big trigger for so many that's people. Why I don't, that's why I don't understand protesting. Well, yeah. I do. I, I My heart goes out to protesters because they're passionate. Yeah. But, like, I don't understand the point of it because it's like, okay, you stood outside in the heat with signs screaming at people that either honked their horn at you or did not. 
And then like, what changed? Like, what did it do? Like, so my whole thing is, is in order to change a system, you have to infiltrate it, right? You have to get into it. You have to get involved. Picketing on the side, I mean, it brings some awareness, but it's not like, you know, there's not material to read. There's not education. There's not conversation. And like, I don't know about you, but if I see a bunch of like people protesting about something, I'm like, oh, okay. But then I'm not going to be like, oh, hi, it's nice to meet you and go up and shave. Like, my name is Alan, you know, and just... <laughs> Shake their hand. I don't know why Alan seems to be the name that I use <laughs> every day this her, week. Her alter ego is Alan. <laughs> or Veronica. Or Veronica. I use Veronica. Veronica's my, like, toned voice. <laughs> so when I go, embracing the wild. That's I, it's Veronica. My, that's Veronica. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you get Gemini's around. It's like <laughs> multiple personalities. And genders, apparently. <laughs> personalities happens to be male and his name is Alan. <laughs> Fucking Alan. Shut up. Shut up, Alan. <sighs> it really is a base in this scenario. I guess so. <sighs> I know. So my week. How was my week? My week was interesting. I'm doing a I I, I started doing intermittent fasting for the first time in my life and um, I thought I would be like, oh my God, I'm starving. Um, cause I grew up with my grandfather being diabetic and we ate when it was time to eat. I mean, you, you <laughs> it's like you ate it eight and noon and four and nothing after eight. <laughs> Which technically is a form of intermittent fasting. It's just a larger it's just window. A, it's a bigger window. Yeah. Um, so that's been interesting just kind of seeing what comes up with that. Um, I haven't really had any, I, you know, they talk about how you might have some big emotional release around it, and I, I really haven't, you know, so it's just, it's just been an interesting journey and, and seeing what shows up. Um, I think so. I've seen most people that get like, when they're deprived or it's a massive shock to the system, that's usually when they get like a huge shift because they're, um, because their body's like literally going through this massive transformation. I think it's interesting because like you and I were, we're usually pretty health aware and health savvy in general. And so it can be, um, it like things where you'll see these fun little commercials of, Oh, do this. And then like, I had this massive transformation and it was huge. And then like, really there wasn't a ton of, is that a tail or a That's knot? That's a tail. Okay. I was like, I was like, is that my child or is that a dog? I think it's a dog tail. It's Alan. It's Alan. It's Alan. So, but I mean, really you see these like huge commercials and they're like, they, they pitch to you and they seem so appealing because it's like they have these massive transformation like, oh, boom, you'll lose like instantly. And the thing is, is that that's not always the case. Like, that is definitely, like, 75% of the time not the case. It's, like, 25% of people that, like, literally eat like shit and that literally can't get themselves together because they're constantly cheating or eating what they want to or whatever. Those people, it'll be just tremendous. They'll have the emotional relief. They'll have the, like, huge, massive results very quickly. But most people that, you know, try to be, like, health conscious and health aware, they seem to be the ones that have the hardest time really getting their body into the right groove and finding the right system that works for them. So, um, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's amazing on how the unexpected 
hits us in so many different ways because you can jump onto something that you think is going to transform you and then you know you do it perfectly and two three weeks later it's like nothing's changed you're like dude why did i even start it but i do think it is important to always make sure that if you are going into something like that you have to commit to the whole thing the whole play whole playthrough you can't just quit after the week quit after the three yeah i think that's probably for me like been the the biggest thing this week is i've been so focused on okay what am i going to eat and when am i going to eat it (laughs) because like i said you know i grew up with the you know this is when you eat um and then i would just eat like that whether i was hungry or not because that's when that's That's when lunch was scheduled that's when breakfast was scheduled um I'm really not, I, I mean, I think that if I, I had life my way, I probably would just not even eat until 10 or 11 anyway, so it's not been like a huge Mm-mm. whatever. Yeah. Um, I just need my coffee first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, other than that, like I said, just kind of like um, paying super close attention to those kind of things, which has pulled my focus off of the other things that I would be freaking out about otherwise. Um, so basically, I mean, the changes and, you know, gas prices and the economy and we can blame it on all of that, but it's just, I, um, it's like with my practice itself, um, you know, think June has just been slower and June has been awesomely slower and, and it's like, and it's like, I don't think that it's, yeah. And I don't think that it's, um, I don't think it's just the economy. I don't think it's just the gas prices. I think that we're all just so worn out Mm -hmm. that people are either on vacation or just hiding out for a little bit and not really hiding out because my god traffic's worse than it's ever been but at the same time it's like they're just they're doing i think they're mentally and emotionally hiding i don't even think right i don't even think when you're like saying they're hiding out i think it's an i think it's 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 not a physical thing it's like it's 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 an emotional word yeah like a hermit yeah yeah and I and what I've really liked about June is that normally my brain is always thinking about the future, it's always jumping ahead, it's always talking about what's next, what's next, what's next. And this is the month where I was like, Holy crap, I have so many things on my list. Let's just knock one thing off one after the next. And so it was really like now, did I always have time for all of the things that I have on my list? No, because it never happens. However, it was like I actually had organized thought. I had organized thought. I had um, very like, it was like I could tinker in my current self and not have to have distractions of um, pickup. Like I usually get a lot of, um, you know, messaging through like my left ear. My like my left ear rings, you know, not normally it's like 20, 30 times a day. Okay. 20, 30 times a day. And then, by the way, if any of you are sitting there saying, oh, it's probably tinnitus, this is not the channel for you. You can leave this podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's no, it's not an inner ear problem. Like, (laughs) but so my, like, I usually get that ringing and then I, you know, I always use my, I pick up that frequency to which that messaging is trying to get into. I open myself to that level of frequency so that whenever the message needs to come in, it can drop in and come. And so I just open myself up to my guides and say, okay, someone's trying to get my attention. What is it? Blah, blah, blah. I have only gotten one ring this month. Hmm. One ring this almost entire month. But I still been able to channel and pick up things. It's just I haven't gotten the barge. Like I haven't gotten that pokey pokey. 
And I'm just like, holy crap, like is is everyone just letting me do what I need to do for physically and saying, okay, you know what, Abby's busy. She's got a lot of shit to do because I do. Or is it a fact of maybe some of my channeling is upgrading and I'm receiving a little bit differently? I don't know. It was kind of nice because I at least was like, I kind of like the ringing in the ear after a while because I was like, okay, look, hey, I got messaging still coming in. It was like an alert system to say, hey, yes, right. It's your doorbell. Right, exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, and the good thing is, is that like I've had a little bit of, I don't know if you've had a little bit of um, like a little extra lost thought, distracted thought. I've had a little bit of lost, distracted thought where I start thinking randomly or questioning something and I'm like, shut up, just do your thing. And so then I... I like I just go back into my normal movement and then I start channeling things or whatever and then I you know I hear what needs to be heard or whatever and then I you know repeat it when it needs to be repeated because that's the time to say it and then you, that's when you say something that impacted someone made them cry and you're like oh sorry yeah you know whatever but it was so effective to them it trans it helped them with something and you know like you're like okay that was my purpose bye I gotta go like yeah I think I think that lately and and I'm going to say lately like at least the last year my brain has been so busy with so many different things and that intuitive piece as well because for me that's always there Mm -hmm. um and like things are dropping in here and there but at the same time it's like it's not always um the priority it's like I I um I don't necessarily think that I turn it on and off I just think that you know, it's when constant. It's, it, it, I think it's constant, yeah. but I pay more attention to it when I'm like in communication with someone else, right? Um, but I, like this morning was the first time in a long time that I went out and I did yard work because I wanted to get that done before it got bloody hot because it is bloody hot here. It's I think hot. that that's wearing on everybody too. But at the same time, it's like I just wanted to get that done, and then I was able to just like sit and put on classical piano music or whatever it was, nice. piano music. And I was just like, it's quiet in my head. Wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was, <laughs> just it's for a few quiet. minutes. You yeah. know? And it's like, even when I meditate, right? It's like, even when I have the time, well, no, even when I take the time to meditate, because I have it, you know, yeah. I just don't always take the time to do it. But when I take the time to meditate, it's still kind of like, oh, there's that thought, there it went, oh, there's another one, and then there it goes. You know, but, but for like, just for a few seconds today, it was just like, Silence. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like it was a really nice, peaceful experience. And, and like I said, I know there's so much chaos in the world and it's bloody hot outside. Um, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. But other than that, I mean, like, it's it's been an interesting there's, ride. There's, so we're going to see. The, I, I, it, almost feels like, it almost feels like the calm before the chaos. Right. And, and what I find interesting is when I describe... You know, us sitting there watching this windstorm and all this chaoticness, and then here we're on the outside. It's like we have a silence from within as we're witnessing this chaos, right? So, I mean, it's almost as if part of the lesson moving forward, because things are going to pick up. It is a calm before the storm. And there is going to be a lot of shifting and changes. And some of it's going to be really traumatic for a lot of people. Um, I don't think... It's going to be as shocking for us. I don't, I mean, I don't feel like, you know, sometimes you wake up and you walk outside and you're like, holy crap, something's coming big, you know, and you just get that, you you can just feel the pulse of the earth and you're like, oh, something's shifting. Um, And then you kind of just wait and then sure enough, like 
Next thing you know, I mean, times when that happens, it's something big. And when I, I've noticed that I can sense that massive changes are underfoot. I can sense that they're not going to happen in a massive boom, 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 boom. I feel like they're going to happen in clusters and they're like going to be little baby clusters at a time, but like they're going to be impactful. Like it, once we look, when, when we're past it and we look back, they're going to be huge things that change and shift. But it, like in the moment, there'll be clusters. Some people, there'll be very large, big things, um, you know, traumatic for them, like very impressionable. Um, I do feel like what we're learning right now is that us being aware of the chaos and being aware of the windstorm and having the choice to participate in the chaos or not is one of our biggest strengths right now. Mm -hmm. And making sure that we're kind of enjoying the calmness to the storm is really a way for us to kind of remember, bring the silence, bring the silence from within, ground the silence within, and take it with us so that we stay in that state as these clusters start coming forward and as we start having these um, big drops. You know, because you're gonna have people that are going to get freaked out and they're gonna outlash and they're gonna get into you know the wizard of oz and like whatever and you know and if you can be able i feel like i'm almost envisioning right now you know there's going to be a time where we do have to walk through that storm but if we can remember how we were on the sidelines with that grounding silence from within and then that way when we're walking through that storm we're actually walking and it's not we're creating our own path. We're creating our own tunnel. We're not actually doing that. So, yeah. <laughs> so expect the unexpected. We can keep going. Oh, okay. I didn't. I thought it was like whoosh, thirty. The last time Bye-bye. it was. Okay. Awesome. So Woo-hoo. we can keep going. We can keep going. Yeah. Fantastic. So yeah, you know, I was gonna say, you know, being an observer. Being an observer of your circumstances, being an observer of your own reactions, um, carries so much weight sometimes. Um, You know, earlier this year, I um, had met someone online dating, whatever it was, and I was just fascinated by my own actions and behaviors in that scenario when I was watching it as an observer. Because it's like, I know who I am, and I know, like, what I choose and I know what my actions and my reactions are but anytime you're met with something unexpected and then you're like okay I realize I just threw all of my intuitive stuff out the window because mm-hmm. I wanted to like you know <laughs> stay and play a little longer or whatever it was yeah you're you, stuck in that you, know, you get it's stuck like in you that get, physical enjoyment of the experience that you're like oh wait a second yeah and, and so it's like but I learned so much about like oh I can see now why relationships in my past didn't work. I can see where I sold myself out before I even got started, Mm -hmm. right? You know, those those types of things. It's like when you can be an observer, whether it's something unexpected happens um, and you could, you know, step back and be like, whoa, wait a minute. Yes, okay. We can be calm and take action as needed or we can freak out about it. And however you are is perfect. It's just who you are. But when you can be an observer of it and be like, wait a minute, why am I acting that way? Or why am I choosing that? That type of thing. I think that it gives you much more power and access to 
Yeah. I definitely, it definitely gives you that. And I, you know, and I've actually been watching my husband kind of go through that because not only is like some of his intuitive expanding and he's getting, he's, you know, he comes home and he starts describing how he's getting lost in train of thought because he's distracted when he's trying to talk with someone and he's not confident. And so for him to say it that way, it was kind of strange. I'm like, can you elaborate? And when he started to talk about, you know, hey, he's in the middle of a conversation, but then he can't seem to find the words that he's trying to use. And then it's almost like he's having a separate thought and then he's picking up on a different thing or whatnot. And I was, and I got very excited because I was like, holy crap, you're totally starting to like channel, not just your physical conversation with the physical conversation of that person, but also your higher self interaction with their higher self interaction and possibly picking up on your spirit guides, their spirit guides, and it's like seven different conversations in that one conversation. And so explaining that to him, he just kind of looked at me and said, well, I don't have time for that shit. <laughs> and I just was like, and I was like kind of chuckling because it's like, apparently you do because it wouldn't be happening. And so it makes me very excited, but to him it's very overwhelming, which I understand because I could reflect back and understand that. But what I've also noticed is he's also starting to be aware where, you know, he'll do something and it bothers me, but I won't say anything about it. But he somehow feels guilty in the moment of having do whatever it was. And it could be anything, you know what I mean? Like it could be anything. Like it could be not making the bed. It could be like, you know, hey, hokey pokey. Like it could be, it could be anything. And I, like with him, sky's the limit. So like, like, but I mean, it could be something and I may not say anything, but now he's starting to pick up on the vibration that, oh, I'm kind of being a little selfish right now. Or this is all about me. This isn't actually as enjoyable when I make it selfish or when I'm, it's about me because I'm not having everyone involved. And so then he's, so he, so, you know, like a month ago, he's probably having this little pissing party that, you know, I want what I want when I want it or whatever. <laughs> and then now it's like, he's kind of realizing, Hey, wait a second. Okay. I can have what I want when I want it, but it's not as enjoyable when it's natural and just being being in the moment and enjoying things wow. as it is. And so, and like kind of the same thing. It's like there doesn't have to be a plan when you come home at night. It's like, hey, you know, we don't have to do the same thing all the time. We can just enjoy it. Like, what are we going to do? Okay, yeah, all right, yeah. And it doesn't have to be like a playbook. And I think sometimes people get like stuck into their playbook because they can't get out of it and they get so rudimentary that it's like they lose some of the liveliness and they lose some of the fun and they lose some of that and then they're not staying in observant state yeah and that i think is really important especially when you're trying to work on growth and development and expanding yourself absolutely yeah um you know and too it's like a lot of what i've seen lately is you know people that are in family so it's like say my my patient or my best friend or my sister or whoever you know is in a relationship um whether it's an in-law or a husband or, or whatever right they're in a relationship it's not my relationship or whatever else but they're you know using me as their confidant so i'm not going to tell anybody's 
you know, story exactly. But at the same time, it's like there's a lot of self-sacrifice mm-hmm. where they're just kind of like, you know, they're exhausted. They're worn out. They've been being a caregiver for an extended period of time. And, you know, whoever it is that they're concerned about, it's like they're on their way out. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they're just like, oh, my gosh, I have to be there every second. And I'm like, why do you have to be there every second? Well, because if I'm not there, something might not go right. Okay, well, if something Who's doesn't go, that? if something doesn't go right, then what? That's a to me. What and, I and it's to me, like, what I just heard is that is a lot of freaking learning lessons that were were completely lost. Yeah, and 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 it's like in that moment of like just asking, okay, so you're not there, something doesn't go right, then what? Oh, the outcome that's going to be the outcome anyway is going to be the outcome. Right. It just may not be in the same timing. Right. And it won't be my fault. Right, well, which a lot, which a lot right. of it has to do with, you know, it's that control factor, the fear of the fear of the unknown, or the fear of not knowing, or you know, or even what, that you have any control of it in the first place, because you don't. You know, control's an illusion, right? It's like you know, if 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 it's somebody's, if somebody's in poor enough health that they could be leaving this planet any minute um, or any day. It's like whether you're sitting by their side or whether you're not has zero impact, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's, it's kind of like, and, and it's not even your responsibility, right? You know, that type of thing. I've seen a lot of that lately. And again, it goes back to, okay, step back, be the observer of yourself. What you're doing is you're sacrificing yourself, you know, <laughs> for what? Yeah. Well, and you know, it's really funny because I, you know, it just kind of gave me back a memory when my grandfather passed, which... For those of you that are listening, I um, my grandfather was very much more of like my father. Um, he stepped in, was very much you know my male role model. Like he just stepped in, did basically the male figure that needed to be there presented and provided that space for me. But also, you know, he was also in a way my best friend. And in this bizarre world where you know we just shared a lot of our time together, and you know, as upon. When someone's about to leave this world, and it can be very emotional, but what I found is that in the moment of leading up to his passing, my mother would scramble like she felt like she was running out of time and like everybody needed to say goodbye or say what they needed to say. And you know, and I had already said what I needed to say three weeks before he passed. You know, like, and so, you know, and I, I kind of got frustrated with my mom because it was just a couple days before he died. Like, it was like, literally, it was like either the day before or the, you know, a couple days before he died. And she's like, oh, he doesn't have much time left, da, 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 like, whatever. And I'm like, mom. Like, and she basically, like, forced me going on the phone with him, which he was in that state where he wasn't conversing. He couldn't speak much. He couldn't really say much. And he really didn't know, like, he was in between spiritual world and physical world. So he was constantly in in that place because, you know, I had heard the things that he was saying and I knew the time was coming. And so, and in my part, I had already said what needed to be said like three weeks prior because we already had our words. We already had our closure and, or at least on the physical world portion. And so, you know, my mom got to a point, you know, where she's like, oh, you need to talk to him because this could be the last time. And I'm sitting there thinking like, of course it's not the last time. I'm going to freaking talk to him all the time after he dies. Like, what is wrong? Why are you not understanding the whole, like, 
I am intuitive part mom. All of us are. Never mind. And so, like, I didn't even get into it because I was just so frustrated. Like, my physical self was just so frustrated and irritated. And then finally, I just, you know, she, like, put the phone up. And I'm realizing it's more for her sake or whatever. And I said, and all I said to him was, well, you and I already had words three weeks ago. And we know how we feel about each other. And I will try to not talk your ear off too much after you're gone. But I can't guarantee it. <laughs> Love you, bye. <laughs> and that's what I, those were my last words to him. It was just like, that's awesome. sorry, like yeah. I'm going to talk a lot. We already know this. Like, yeah. 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 I'm like, I'll see you on the other side. It's yeah. easier than on the phone. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's so much easier. Because so there's easier. so much. Because yeah. all I have to do is like stop and think. Well, and the other thing, too, is that... You're there. Right. Well, and the other yeah. thing, too, that I think is really cool is that, you know, there's... Like, once you pass the physical world and you're going back to where you originated from, like, there's that, aha, like, all of the physical constructs that we obsess over, that we think are so divinely important and whatever, end up not, not necessarily being the case. And what I find really interesting is that, you know, when... It's like, it's kind of nice for me because, you know, my grandparents were super old school. You know what I mean? It was like book, Bible, like time and place. Like this is, this is how you dress. This is how you be. This is how you behave. And, um, anything outside of that was like, whoa, like this is, that's, that's not okay. Or that's inappropriate or whatever. And they became more lenient, laid back as they aged, you know, either because they just didn't care anymore. Um, you know, like, you know, as the grandchildren became the grandchildren or whatever, but, um, they, you know, they became a little bit more like loose about some of those things, but still it came back to that same dynamic. And, um, and so I kind of realized like, you know, those are, those are things they're not going to fully understand until they are on the other side. And so in like, and I've even have, I even kind of have that vibration. My aunt, my mother's sister is, is absolutely, you know, one of my favorite people in the family. And, um, she, she's made every time she, like talks to you if you have fun listening to her, you have fun having that, like everything. We have very similar attributes, um, but we're also raised like similarly by the same people, but in different phases of their life. So like I have more of their wisdom, worldly upbringing, and she has more of their younger, you know, don't worry about it if it bothers you type, it, like where mine's like, stick it out, you made a commitment. Like, so <laughs> so there's a different, there's a little bit of a different dynamic, but she's one of, she's one of my favorite people in the family. But I have, like, every time I converse with her, I know she does not understand me fully. I know that she will not understand me or, or the things that make me who I am until she passes. Because there's, there's just that, you know, I think that there's some things in a physical confine that she can't understand. Because she, and she might, she might understand a little bit more and she talks about it behind closed doors. But on most of it, I'm like, there's no way. And I've told my mom this numerous times, like, Donna, Donna and I get along great, love her to death, but she's definitely not going to know, she's not going to fully understand who I am until, until she is to her time. And that sucks and during this time, but I'm not worried about it. So I just keep tinkering and keep doing my thing and... Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I actually have that type of relationship with my mom. I love my mom to pieces. She can be super, super sweet, but for the most part, you know, I... I lovingly call her a muggle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's just kind of like, she, you know, she's every, you know, for as long as I can remember, she's just been like, you're so deep. 
Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't want that to mean that you're so shallow. But sometimes that's what it feels okay. like, even though that's not like, that's not really, it's it's not really the it's truth. Not, it, no, it's not. No, and it's shallow is a, a bad word to describe it. Because it. it's, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's just a my difference mom's in like understanding. That. My mom's where, like that. You know, my, my dad was, um, my dad was intuitively gifted. He just never had, um language or communication around it mm -hmm. um and my mom's mom was also even though again she had no languaging or communication around it right. and kind of like yours she was raised in the church from the time my mom was six and they moved to the little town that i grew up in yeah they were all in the same church until literally my grandparents died in 2009 and my mom's like now in her seventies, late seventies, so would still she would be if she lived there. Okay, you know? yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, which is so, totally my mom. Yeah, I mean, my but, mom's but the same. She does the like, same thing you know, that their her parents 50, did. 50, 60, 70 yeah. years in the same church, and um, you know, it, it, the church itself didn't even have that spiritual presence, and and for me that was really hard growing up because I was like, why do we come here? <laughs> Yeah. What's the point of this? Yeah, you know? I mean, and normally uh, when you walk into any type of spiritual building, you usually can walk into, and it's usually like you, um, I can't even remember what I was going to say. I was going to say that it says that we have 60 minutes. Yeah. A max of 60 minutes. Some. Okay. So we got 15 minutes. I was like, yeah. So okay, at least sweet. we got it. Keep yeah. an eye on the clock. Yeah. So, you know, it's just really fascinating that you were talking about your, um, your experience with your granddad and. Um, I remember very vividly at the difference between um, my experience with my grandfather and his passing and my grandmother. Um, I wasn't there for my grand. I wasn't actually there in the room for either of them. But you know, my my grandfather. It's like I remember like seeing his spiritual struggle. Like literally, his spirit would sit up out of his body and mm -hmm. he'd see strings, and then he'd lay back down in his body, and then he'd sit up. Yeah. Like physically sit up and then he'd lay back down and then he'd try to sit up spiritually and then he'd lay back down and sit up physically. I mean, it was just mind blowing. And yeah. this, I mean, it was fascinating and horrifying and all at the same time. All at the same time. Yeah. And then, you know, with my grandmother, it was just, it was really interesting because my, um, it was after my grandfather had passed. She passed about five months after he did. And I had gone to see her. For a long weekend, I, I was actually headed to like a, a conference or a course or something over the weekend. And so I'd gone down earlier in the week and spent a couple of days with her. And when I went to drive out of the driveway, I mean, I'd hugged her and I'd gotten in my car and I was backing up and I looked at her one last time. And there was just something about that moment that froze. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I knew that was the last time I was going to see her, but I didn't have any justification for that. She was as healthy as she could be at, you know, gosh, at the time she was 80, well into her 80s, I don't know, I, you know, mm -hmm. mid-80s or yeah. older, um, she didn't have any, like, lingering big problems, but I knew she was really lonely. Yeah. And so, um, you know, after my mom came, because my mom was out of town, so my mom hadn't been there, and that's one of the reasons that I went and stayed with her for a little bit, was just to be like, hey, you know, hey, somebody's around. Yeah. Um, and then after my mom got back, um, she just, I mean, she had some health complications and was gone within 24 hours. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's just, it's fascinating. Like, this actually brings me back around to kind of some of the things that I mentioned earlier that, that's been weighing on me is like, I have numerous people in my, in my periphery of my world that are in those stages of passing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's like, we never, it, it's like we've gotten to in a culture where we, 
it's, it's almost like dying's bad. Right. Right? It's like they want to put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off. No it's like a race. It's a person... race to say goodbye or a race to squeeze things in or a race well, to and, whatever. And not even that. It's like nobody wants to let it happen. And it's kind of like this it's is part a part of, that's of life. It's a part of life. Yeah. And it's actually can be a really beautiful part of life. Yeah. You know, um, as far as a releasing and letting go. But at Which, the same time, but you have to have that understanding that this is just shedding a body so yes. that you can have freedom, yeah. more freedom again. Right, and, 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 and more freedom of communication with the person that you love, the energy you love. Like, I mean, yeah. there's so many blessings that come after somebody passes. And one of my favorite things about death is not like I prefer funerals over weddings. I am one of those, I just really do. Because my favorite part about a funeral is that, one, you're bringing a whole collective of people together that you haven't seen in a freaking crap ton of time. But the best part is, is that you start sharing stories about that one loved one, and everyone has a different persona or perspective about that person. And so then you start seeing that person, because it's like, really, when you take one person you clip them down into millions of different pieces. And each person is affected by one of those tiny little million pieces. And then you start hearing the stories. And then it really kind of brings in the whole spectrum of who the person is. Not just from their childhood, but also to their death. And what I really like about it also is that... And I'm not saying like I really like death. Because it's not... That's It's just, it's just part of the process of life. But what I enjoy about... Um, the process is that there's this this huge like there's just this beauty in it that is unspeakable you can't describe it there it's just there's this beauty about um, the enlightenment the freeing of the soul of the um, the essence and the purity the purpose the impact that they've had and then, and there's just, and it's really just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's like, you know, at the funerals, I like to see it because then it's like, hey, you get to kind of see the person, enjoy these stories, hear things about people you've truly loved and made an impact in your life that you never freaking knew about. And then on top of it, then you have this opportunity of being able to communicate with them. Like, you know, when my grandfather passed, um, he passed on my son's birthday. And so, and you know, it was kind of funny because my grandmother had actually passed on my aunt's birthday, which, you know, of course her son, you know, my aunt was kind of, you know, my, my grandmother's favorite. Um, and later my mother was kind of my grandfather's favorite then kind of turned into, you know, being a favorite of my grandfather as well. And so of course my aunt Donna was like, oh yeah, you know, like he, I wonder if he's going to die on Jeb's birthday, which is my cousin, my oldest, like my cousin, her oldest son. And like, sure enough, I'm sitting there like, no, that's not going to happen. And like, he ended up passing on my son's birthday. I'm like, can't be the only favorite of the family. Boom. Like whatever. <laughs> but it, but it was like, it's not about that. It's about, you know, when he passed, it was like, I knew he was saying, you can't be fully sad on this day. You have to have happiness in it too. And it's like, and I just knew that that was like his lesson is that, just because there can be sadness and and you can feel crushed on one day doesn't mean that there can't be happiness and something to look forward to on the same day. And, um, you know, like, it, it's one of those things, like, when my grandmother passed, you were talking about how you saw, like, the soul struggle. And it was, and I, it was interesting because it was, like, 
my grandmother died and before you know of course she passed in private because she's a private person and that's the way she wanted it and anytime someone was called into the room she perked right back up it's like everybody yeah. i was gonna die while everyone was gone and then the caregiver kept saying she's going she's going and people would run in and she'd be like oh fine like <laughs> and so and that's yeah and then she couldn't speak but that's what her like spirit was it's like no i'm supposed to do that in private stop calling them in caregiver like so like you could just sense that but it was so you know when i saw her it was like she was struggling inside her body she kept trying to come out of it and I finally just put my arm on her and said you're exactly where you need to be and it's okay and so and as soon as I said that to her she caught a whole part of her just completely relaxed and then she didn't fight in her body and oddly enough when my grand, when my son was born um and she like and she was she had passed she had passed June June 30th and my son was born August 15th one of the things I love about death is that there's always life right around the corner, either within a year, year and a half, right? It's like, or even sometimes instantaneously. Instant, it's yeah. Like, I, I don't know how many people have like, you know, had to be rushed to the hospital to give birth at the same time somebody in their family yeah. died. Right, right, exactly. And there's always, right. it's like, I, I think that my sister-in-law was pregnant with my nephew when my grandmother passed right. away. Right, right. That, I was pregnant with thing. my son when my, when, when my grandmother passed. Right. And then I knew she was there. Her younger version of her soul self was there when I, when he was born. And like, and it was like, here my, he was born, I'm like there. And I could just feel her being like, oh, look at him. Just like my husband was, rushing over to look at him and blah, blah, blah. Like I could feel her there. And what was really interesting was that when I was about to give birth to him, I kept getting, I felt scrambled. I kept climbing out of my body and I couldn't feel my legs because the epidural knocked them all out. And so, and my husband would just finally looked at me and was like, just face it, honey. You're not going anywhere. Like, and then I was like, huh, like that. And then I was like, and then I immediately was like, oh, right. Like, and then, and then of course, when he was born, you could just like, you could just sense my grandmother's just beam of light and her, of her being there. And so that's one of my favorite things is that, you know, when my grandfather passed, I was like, who's next? Who's having a baby in the family? Like, cause I knew it was coming. And sure enough, within that year, my cousin was expecting her first. And I, you know, and I was just like, hot, hot damn. So I always kind of tell people like, if somebody's kind of head their way out and no one's been born in the family, Someone's getting knocked up very soon. <laughs> Just saying. It's true. It is. It is true. Oh my gosh. Well, I think we've covered it all today. It's like we started with the power of when, and then we talked about the power of now, and now we were talking about <laughs> power death, of dying, and uh, new beginnings. There we go. The unexpected. Go. The unexpected. The unexpected. So, Pa-pow. Yeah. So, <laughs> what do we say now? We say, thank you for listening to Embracing the Wild. Go embrace your inner wild. Rawr.